the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Slander involves telling lies about someone. You have to tell a lie to slander someone. Gossip, on the other hand, has to do with needlessly spreading negative information about someone that may or may not be true. It could be true, but you're needlessly, unnecessarily spreading it. In other words, even if you, what you have to say about someone is true, if you pass that information on with the intent of being hurtful rather than helpful, then you are guilty of the sin of gossip. There is probably no greater sin that's more common amongst Christians than the sin of gossip. There's an old Yiddish story about a man who finally went to the rabbi and confessed that he had been the source of a great deal of gossip about the rabbi. Filled with remorse, he asked the rabbi what he could do to try to make amends. The rabbi said, take two pillows to the town square, cut them open, and wave them in the air until they are empty. Then come back here. The repentant gossip did as instructed, and when he returned, he asked what else he could do. To show how much damage gossip does and how difficult it is to fix, said the rabbi, go back to the square and collect all your feathers. This is Verse by Verse, a Bible class of the air taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. In today's class, Pastor Steve will continue the lesson he began last time from the Ten Commandments. Yesterday, we dealt a little bit with slander and its relationship to the Ninth Commandment. Slander, as you probably know, is when someone lies about another person with the intention of harming them in some way. Defamation of character is another way of putting it. Gossip is a close cousin to slander. But gossips don't care if their stories are true or not, just so they're hurtful. Let's get our Bibles ready now and consider how both slander and gossip defy God's command that we not bear false witness against our neighbors. John chapter 8, verse 44, is an important verse in the New Testament. There are people who were opposing Christ, and they were challenging him and charging him with things, and Jesus just came out and explained why they didn't understand his word, why they, why they couldn't get a handle on it, why they didn't know who he was, and why they kept debating with him. And finally, he said, let me explain to you, you are of your father, the devil. Pretty strong words. Talk about not being politically correct. He said, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. What he's saying is the reason you oppose me is you're just like your father, spiritually, just like Satan. And explain what Satan like. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. There's no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, it's interesting that Jesus linked the devil's murders with lying. 
He said that Satan was both a murderer and a liar. Why? Why did he link that together? Because murder and lying go hand in hand. They, they are essentially the same thing. Let me explain. The moral evil of murder is really no different from the moral evil of lying because both have the goal of destroying someone. When you murder, you destroy someone's physical life. You take their life from them. When you lie, you assassinate their character. You take their good name from them. Essentially, it's the same. Now, listen very closely. In light of that, the sin of bearing false witness against someone is a satanic sin. It is devilish. You are never more like Satan than when you bring a false accusation and speak evil of other people. It's being overly critical, being negative. See, just like the devil, we have the the same murderous intent in our hearts. Revelation 12 refers to Satan as the accuser of the brethren. That's what he does. He, He stands before God and accuses us. Night and day, the Bible says, of all charges of evil and wickedness. And whenever we falsely accuse others of sin or character flaws, we become instruments in the hands of Satan. In fact, listen to this. The New Testament writer James describes the uncontrolled tongue as having a direct pipeline to hell. He says in James 3, 6, the tongue is a fire the very world of iniquity, the tongue, he says, is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of life, and watch this, and is set on fire by hell. Hell itself sets the tongue on fire. That is to say that that the tongue can be fueled by hell's destructive powers, uncontrolled tongue. So speaking evil of someone is grave, it's, it's serious, it's a devilish sin that needs to be exposed, needs to be repented of. Therefore, it's important to to know how do we actually speak against others? Two ways. Number one, and there are others, but I'm just going to deal with two of these. The most obvious way that we speak against others is by slander, by slandering someone. What does slander mean? It's simple. It means to intentionally lie about someone's character or conduct. It's an intentional lie. It's what bearing false witness was literally. Only this applies to all of life. It was the Puritan Thomas Watson who wrote, the scorpion carries the poison in his tail, the slanderer carries it in his tongue. And it's because of the severe damage that can be done to to one's reputation by a slanderous tongue that God says he hates it. Now, God hates all sin, but there are certain sins that the Bible highlights as being an abomination to the Lord. Proverbs chapter 6 tells us, It's one of those passages that says six things that the Lord hates, yea, seven are an abomination to him. It's just a Hebrew way of emphasizing the seriousness of the sin. And one of the things that God says is an abomination to him is a false witness who utters lies. And you know what? No one is immune from slander, no matter how good your reputation is. No one, because Satan's goal is to destroy your good name, and he uses slanderers to do that. Both Jesus and John the Baptist were slandered. And it's very interesting because in Matthew chapter 11, verse 16, they were slandered for two opposite reasons. The people were so determined to slander them, and that's what happens with slandering. They'll find something that they actually slandered the Lord and John the Baptist for two completely uh, different reasons, opposite reasons. Let me read this to you. Matthew chapter 11, 
Beginning in verse 16, Jesus said, To what shall I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces who call out to other children and say, he play, We played the flute for you and you didn't dance. We sang a dirge. You didn't mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking. And they say, He has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Now notice, they were so determined to defame the character of both Jesus and John that they actually slandered them for opposite reasons. John was accused of being demonic. Why? Because he abstained from certain foods and alcoholic beverages. That that would be wine. He he took a Nazarite vow and uh, never touched wine and did not eat certain foods, that, foods that were permissible under the Mosaic law. On the other hand, Jesus was accused of being gluttonous and a drunkard because he ate everything permissible under the law and he drank wine. So here you have these people who, who you, you can't win. No matter how godly you are, somebody can slander you. The godly apostle Paul experienced slander throughout his, his whole ministry. If you were with us in the study of 2 Corinthians, you, would, you can remember that the false teachers at Corinth slandered Paul. They just hammered him uh, with all kinds of charges and accusations. They, they claimed he was immoral. They said he was a liar, said he's a false apostle, said he was a crook, said he was a deceiver, and on and on. Paul has to defend himself before this church because some of them believe that. In Romans 3.8, Paul said that some even slandered him by misrepresenting his teaching. Here wasn't his character, his teaching. He wrote, and why not say, as we are slanderously reported, and as some claim that we say, let us do evil that good may come. Paul said, some slander us by teaching that we actually encourage people to do evil so that good would come. It's interesting, Paul added, their condemnation is just. Condemnation means damnation. Paul said it's just. They they deserve whatever they get. That's another way, folks, of saying it's devilish. Damned for doing this. But you know what? Even though slander is so evil, it's something that happens far too often amongst Christians. At times, we are very quick to accuse people of sinful behavior without personally talking to them to verify if we even have the right information. And yet, we're very quick to do that. Often, we judge people's motives. Now, let me explain. You do have to make judgments in the sense of evaluating. You see somebody in sin, you have to make a judgment. That's all right. That's, that's right. You have to say, this is wrong in light of God's word. But what Scripture condemns is is judging people's hearts. You and I can't see people's hearts. We don't know their motives. And to say things like, well, he's just doing that because he wants the praise of others. That's judging. Or, Or she just loves that attention. You don't know that. And that is slander. You don't know that at all. I've seen overly critical church members accuse their spiritual leaders of all kinds of sins that were not valid. But more often than overt slander, Christians tend to be extremely subtle when it comes to this. We use insinuating questions, cleverly insinuations. Is he really that spiritual that he qualifies for that position in the church? So you haven't outright said it, but you just raised the thought. Why would she do something that foolish? Wasn't he unfriendly and aloof by not greeting me? That's a slander. That's an insinuation. And once again, when you slander by insinuating questions, you're very much like Satan. Because if you recall, that's exactly Satan's method with Job. He said to God about Job, does Job fear God for nothing? You know what he was saying? This is actually an insulting slander against Job as well as God. What he was saying is Job is not really faithful. He just loves you because you give him everything. You're not worthy of his love. Take it all away and he'll curse you to your face. But see, the insinuation 
is a slanderous one. Does Job fear God for nothing? He doesn't really fear you from his heart, and you're not worthy of of his fear. So if you're guilty of, of slandering others by saying evil things against them that are not true, in any context and in any form, you need to stop it. Stop it and, and repent of it and begin to change the way you, you think and the way you speak. And we'll have more to say about that in a few minutes. Be careful about being overly critical and drawing conclusions about people when you really don't have all the information. And it's very easy now to be thinking about how others do that. Think about yourself. There is another way, in fact, a very popular way that we speak against others, and that's by the sin of gossip. Now, gossip is one of those things that people think it's so nebulous. What does it really mean? Well, we're going to discover what it means. But it is a serious sin. The Apostle Paul spoke against women who go from house to house gossips, he said, and busybodies talking about things not proper to mention. When Paul describes in Romans chapter 1 the sins of the ancient pagan world that rejected God, he actually lumps the sin of gossip with such wickedness as greed and envy and strife, deceit, malice, slanders, arrogance, disobedience to parents. So God very clearly condemns gossip. What is it? Let me compare it to slander. Slander involves telling lies about someone. You have to tell a lie to slander someone. Gossip, on the other hand, has to do with needlessly spreading negative information about someone that may or may not be true. It could be true, but you're needlessly, unnecessarily spreading it. In other words, even if you, what you have to say about someone is true, if you pass that information on with the intent of being hurtful rather than helpful, then you are guilty of the sin of gossip. There is probably no greater sin that's more common amongst Christians than the sin of gossip. And yet rarely is the sin ever addressed in the church. Scripture addresses it. Scripture often meets gossip head on and condemns it. For example, Proverbs 20, verse 19. He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip. Scripture says that it's slanderous, it's wrong. Don't even be with the gossip. You'll, you'll turn into one. In 2 Corinthians 12, 20, Paul tells the Corinthians that he is concerned that when he arrives at Corinth, he might have to exercise church discipline on some of them because they are guilty of the following sins. Church discipline means excommunication kicking them out of the the membership of the church. Strife, jealousy, angry tempers, disputes, slanders, gossip, arrogance, disturbances. Paul said it's so serious that if you are a gossiper, he said, I will put you out of the church. And the qualifications for a deaconess in the church is that she must not be a malicious gossip. There are other qualifications, but that's one of them. And Paul characterizes the last days as a world filled with malicious gossipers. Now, It might help you in getting a handle on this if you understand that one of the Greek words that is translated gossip is whisperer, just a whisperer, someone who just whispers some juicy bit of information about someone else. They just go and just tell them behind their backs. Never say it to their face, behind their backs. Did you know this about that person? Now, I'm not supposed to tell you this, so keep this amongst us. Promise me you won't tell anybody else but here's, here's what I heard. Now, I don't believe it's true, but I heard this. Or the more spiritual-sounding form of gossip, I'm only telling you this so you can pray about it. <laughs> Listen, if you hear something negative about someone else and pass it on unnecessarily, 
I'm going to come back to that in a moment, unnecessarily to anyone, then you have sinned against that person because you have destroyed their reputation. You have tainted their character. That's the very spirit and very message of the ninth commandment. Now, I think there's a helpful biblical guideline in determining when, when we should or shouldn't say uh, anything about somebody else. I'd like you to look at this. James chapter 4, verse 11, just the first part of verse 11. I think this is a helpful biblical guideline because uh, you wonder, well, how far can I go? What, what can I say? What can I say? Does this mean I can never speak about someone else? Well, this is the guideline, and I'm going to try to clarify it. James chapter 4, verse 11, a good verse for all of us to memorize, certainly good for all of us to hide in our hearts and meditate on. Mark it in your Bibles, highlight it. James says this, do not speak against one another, brethren. Did you get that? Do not speak against one another, brethren. Now, James is not saying, and this is where I want to balance it. Is it ever right to speak to somebody about sin or or say anything? James is not saying that we should not confront others about sin in their lives. You do have to speak to someone about sin. That's what Matthew 18 says. He's he's not saying that you never confront someone. He's not even saying that you never bring up anything negative. Our our leaders at the church, we we have to do that in discussing people for ministry and ministry issues. We have to deal with negative talk about people. But that's a necessity. That's a necessity for running ministry. That's not gossip. Gossip is when you bring up something that has no bearing. There's no possible beneficial reason for doing it. You just love talking negatively about people. Sometimes you have to bring up something negative to somebody about someone else to help this person not be hurt by someone. You know something about someone, there's a character flaw, and you don't want that other person to get burned. You have to bring that up. That's that's a necessity. Those are helpful, beneficial reasons. We're not talking about that. What James is forbidding is running down someone with careless, derogatory, critical comments that have no beneficial effect on, every, uh, on anyone. They, they serve no positive purpose. They, they really don't. In fact, let me, let me translate this verse from the Greek for you, literally how it should read. Do not speak down on one another, brothers. Do not speak down. In other words, don't verbally run anyone down. Don't, as we would say, don't put someone down, regardless of whether it's true or not. Did you catch that, James? James is not saying, hey, if it's true, it's fair game. You're saying don't run them down. Don't verbally put them down. Kent Hughes, in his great book, Disciplines of a Godly Man, has this to say about James 4.11. He writes, Certainly no Christian should ever be party to slander, making false charges against another's reputation. Yet some do. But even more penetrating is the challenge to refrain from any speech that intends to run someone down, uh, someone, someone else down, even if it's totally true. Personally, he writes, I can think of few commands that go against commonly accepted conventions more than this. For most people think it's okay to convey negative information if it's true. We understand that lying is immoral, but is passing along damaging truth immoral? It seems almost a moral responsibility. By such reasoning, criticism behind another's back is thought to be all right as long as it's based on fact. Likewise, he writes, Denigrating gossip is seen as okay if the information is true. Thus, many believers use truth as a license to righteously diminish others' reputations. End of quote. Strong words. Now, I've got to tell you, I I find this a terribly 
convicting issue in my, in my own life. Because you know what? I enjoy finding fault with others. I, I came to that conviction this week as the Lord dealt with me. I really enjoy it. I enjoy criticizing others. I could have been a professional critic. I, I, I really could have and would have enjoyed it. I enjoy criticizing others. You know why? Because it makes me feel good about myself. That's right. And I hope, and I'm sure I'm not the only one on that, because if you're honest, you have to admit that you secretly delight in this. You enjoy it. As someone put it, there is something perverse in fallen human nature that makes us delight in talking about or hearing about other people's sins. We enjoy it. Enjoy reading the newspaper about that. You enjoy speaking to others about it. That is part of the perversity of fallen man. In fact, Scripture tells us that we delight in this kind of of stuff. Proverbs 18.8 says, The words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels. They go down into the innermost parts of the body. What Scripture is telling us, it just tastes good. We love it. We love some juicy tidbit about somebody else. So if this is true of you, If you're guilty of a critical tongue that enjoys negative talk about others, you feed on it, you enjoy it, and you need to see it for the devilish sin that it is. You need to stop it. Now, for some of us, it's been such a way of life. It's going to take some radical surgery. But before you change, you must hit it and understand the root reasons. Don't just deal with the sins of the tongue. The sins of the tongue are just symptomatic of the sins of the heart. You need to address, why do I enjoy speaking out against people? Why do I enjoy gossip? Why do I enjoy being critical? Why do I enjoy a critical tongue and being negative? Why? Let me me offer a number of, of reasons. Sometimes we are motivated by revenge. Somebody has hurt us. We're going to hurt them. We're going to hurt them. We want to strike back at them. We will return evil for evil, even though Romans 12 says return good for evil. Do good to those who who do evil to you. Sometimes we run others down in our speech in order to exalt ourselves, to feel good about ourselves because we're we're proud. We're we're like that self-righteous Pharisee who thanked God that he wasn't like other sinners. I don't do that stuff. Truth is, we do all of that stuff, if not overtly in our hearts. And sometimes we just end up talking negatively about others because we're just plain out jealous of them. And this is our subtle way of bringing them down a notch. So whatever your motive is for slander, gossip, or just negative talk about others, then you need to recognize it as as wicked, and you need to repent, which means forsake your sin at the root level. If you speak out of revenge, then, then don't just put off vengeance. Scripture says not only put off, but put on the right behavior. What do you do? If you, if you find that you have a habit of speaking out of revenge, that's your way of punishing others, Romans 12 says do good to them. Do something tangibly good for them. Secondly, if if you speak against someone to exalt yourself, then what you need to work on is being a servant to that person and to others. Humble yourself. Philippians chapter 2. If it's jealousy that motivates you, then recognize that God is sovereign in your life and you have exactly what he wants you to have. You don't have as much as others, but you have exactly what he wants you to have and you you need to begin to thank him for what you have, not covet and be jealous of what other people have. Slander, gossip, running others down. Those are serious, serious sin issues that many of us struggle with, and I'm afraid that some of us do not struggle with at all. We just give in to them. Next time on Verse by Verse, 
Pastor Steve Kreloff will share with us some activities the Bible gives us to do that will help us replace those negative behaviors with positive ones. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These Bible classes of the air are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries from his pulpit messages. You can learn about us on the web at versebyverseradio.org. That's the place to go if you would like to listen again to today's broadcast or catch up on any of the hundreds of audio files in our archives. Once again, that's versebyverseradio.org. If you would like to order a CD or a cassette with this entire three-part message, please call us at 727-239-0306. At the start of the McCarthy era, Florida's liberal senator, Claude Pepper, was one of the many on the hit list. George Smathers lashed out in the campaign, exposing Pepper's secret vices. He revealed that Pepper was a known extrovert. His sister was a thespian, and his brother was a practicing homo sapien. Also, when Pepper went to college, he matriculated. Worst of all, before marriage, Pepper practiced celibacy. The rural voters of the day were horrified, and Pepper lost. When we meet again, Pastor Steve will tell us five scriptural ways that we can build each other up rather than run each other down. Hope to see you then. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.